back for part two let's get right into it so this creature is standing right in front of you and he's holding your uncle's head severed at the neck blood dripping down to the ground blood trickling down the side of this creature's chin and there is a small little hover drone right next to it and this creature says to you now you crushed one of my friends I don't appreciate that very much. Looking directly at um, you, Zeno. However, I feel so much powerful emotion to feed off of you. And now I can feel even more as you watch your lifeless uncle bleed before you. And I need the two twins to roll fortitude saves. Ooh, okay. Um, Luckily, I'm pretty good at fortitude. And that is going to be a 19 for Trailer. 19, okay. That is going to be a natural one for a total of five. You are shaken. Fuck. Uh, as you see your uncle's head um, and... The creature drops the head to the ground and says, It's time to feed. And we're all going to roll initiative. We're going to see what these characters can do. Let's start with Gloombot13. What did you get for your initiative roll? Uh, 13. <laughs> How Living fitting. Living up to his, to his designation. <laughs> How fitting. All right. What about you, Trelax? A 14. 14, okay, and 10 of all. So, interestingly enough, uh, Twinsies, uh, she also got a 14. This is very strange (laughs) of uh, how the initiative is reflecting character traits. (laughs) Um, uh, So, probably with that shake and condition, you'll go second, we'll say, Hmm. um, after Trelax. And then Xeno, 6? 23. 23, all right. And Mordrin? Also a 23 to reflect that I am the most awesome. <laughs> and that you have found what you're looking for, yes? Um, I like it. Okay, so that leaves the hover drone to start first. And so, Tim, the hover drone, is going to move in and on... It looks like Morden, you're right there up front. So, actually, he's not going to move. He's just going to take a shot on you with a pistol that's built into this thing. And so that is going to be a 24 to hit your KAC. Meets, beats. Meets, beats. Oh, boy. All right. So you're going to take 11 points of non-lethal damage piercing all right all right mordrin you can respond uh mordrin will you know kind of i guess he like gets kind of caught on the shoulder with the blast or whatever he's got armor on under his robes though so doesn't tear him up too bad but son of a and he pulls out <laughs> his uh plasma fork and he's gonna take a shot with his his plasma fork all right such a cool weapon and this is at the drone Yes. Okay. Oh, my dude. It's a natural 20. What? Oh, Mordrin's first ever combat roll for a 29 oh, total. Nice. Wow. Uh, well, let's roll to confirm and see if you get a critical card here. Probably not with a 16. 16 is not a confirmed crit, but you still get to do the 
the uh, roll twice on the damage. So, okay, so that will be it. Does one d ten. So roll two d ten. Ooh, an eight and a nine. All right, so that's seventeen points of damage. Electric and fire. Electric and fire. Interesting. So there's there's like electricity coming off one fork and fire coming off the other. They're like entangling together. Tim just goes, makes this really weird noise for a computer. Uh, Xeno six, you are up. Let's see what the new Xeno can do. I'm curious. Now you came to with nothing but second skin armor on because that was what the Android that you inhabited and, and no weapons. What are you going to do? So, first off, he's going to roll a life sciences to ascertain what the hell this is that he's looking at. Okay, let's get that roll. That is a 27, my friend. A 27 uh, is enough for you to ask one question. I will tell you that this is what's called an emotivore. And that they are undead that come into being when someone dies in the throes of intense feelings, especially among a large group of people experiencing similar emotions. Once they come into existence, they feed off of significant emotional anomalies. And so your arrival here has like drawn this creature to you. Mm. Now you can ask one tactical question with your life science role recall knowledge there vulnerabilities vulnerabilities none okay alright and All right. he's going to let me see real quick he's going to step off to the side just real quick so he can get a full view of this what was it again a motivore a motivore. He's just gonna. I mean, he. I mean, like you just see him kind of powering up, and his eyes actually just get super bright. And he says, "Eat this." And <laughs> he's going to uh, cast an arcing surge. Okay. So, arcing surge, uh, third level spell, and you cause an electrical device in your possession. I'm gonna go ahead and use the rune drive. Oh, you have the rune drive in your possession. Now, yes. How I'm always going to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to we have to pause and explain yes. this. Okay. So the rune drive has changed its shape and it's only a piece of it. It's like the shadow portion of the rune drive. And it is now your cash capacitor. That's correct. Is and so now his rune drive or his cash capacitor is a small piece of the rune drive. Nice. That's so fancy. And utilizing that small piece of the rune drive, he's gonna uh, actually uh, do it like do an over, well, not an overcharge, an arcing surge. And so what this is is that you cause an electrical device in your possession to surge in power and unleash a line of electricity from the massive oversurge. This deals 10d6 electricity damage to all creatures and objects in the area. It's a line-shaped burst. So. so it's just going to really hit the emotive war, right? Correct. All right. And the range is 120 feet. I think I've got it. <laughs> yep. So I don't have enough D6. So I'm just going to roll this Well, in Is roll. there a save? Uh, let me s- The save? Uh, yes. Reflex save. All right. That's a 20 on... The reflex save, so that will pass, but it's going to yep. still do half damage, right? Correct. Yeah, reflex half. Okay. All right. So, 45, but since he saves, it's going to be 22, 23. 22 points of damage. That is pretty great first hit there on this thing. Just, and he just, like, rocks this emotivore with electricity that's powered from the rune drive itself. And he just is cascaded with this purple electric energy and ripples through the emotivore um, 
and he squeals out in pain. He does not like that at all. Uh, and so it is his turn, and he is mad at you because you killed his other drone that he had sent out there. You crushed it. That one was named Tom, so it was Tim, Tom, Tim, and Tom. And um, what a fool! <laughs> he is going to move up to you. Well, no, there's uh, yeah. He's going to move around as to prevent some attacks of opportunity here. And he is going to reach out with his claw and attempt to slash your face with this claw. That is a 21 to hit you, your KAC. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Trelix has reach. He does not. He does not have reach. Yeah. Damn. (laughs) I tried. Mm -hmm. So that will hit right against your second skin there uh, with a 26. So that's going to do... I rolled shit on the damage, so that's 13 slashing damage to Xeno 6. Ooh. Okay. And it is now Trelax's turn. Alright, so uh, Trelax, his eyes kind of like flash this blue fire, and he attunes to the um, the photon... Uh, what what is the specific term? Uh, it is called stellar mode. That's it. Okay. All right. So he attunes the photon stellar mode, which will give him plus two on his damage. He takes a single step forward and just brings down his shadow Iku Sarigama uh, right into the emotivore. So right, nice. Let's roll. That is going to be a twenty-five to hit. Twenty-five will hit. All right, so that's going to deal a lot of damage, my guy, as he just buries it right in his, like in his shoulder or chest, the, the blade of Kusarigama. Uh, it's going to be 4d6 plus 16 slashing damage. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so that's a 5 and a 6. And another 5 and a 6. So that's 22 <laughs> plus 14, right? 20, 22 plus 16. All right, so that's 38 points of damage. Yeah, I mean, he just, I mean, comes down hard without a word, but uh, uh, fury in his eyes. You feel like most of that goes through. Okay. I'll take uh, it. But that was still a significant hit as your solar moat just rips across the chest of this emotivore, slicing open the cloth, revealing pasty white skin beneath and splitting the skin. It is Tenevol's turn. Okay, so uh, would it be life science or mysticism to learn more about this thing? Life science. Okay, lame. Um, I'll try it real quick. What? Actually, you could roll mysticism. It's undead as well, so yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, that is going to be 25. 25, no. Okay. Then Not quite. In, in that case, she would um, step up beside her brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is... She's just kind of going to slash it she's sort of in a like you said you know she's shaking she's sort of in a blur um so she's just gonna try and hit it with her shadow chains okay um that is going to be natural 20 Oh, shit. Yes. Hell yeah. I was looking at my character sheet and I rolled and then I looked down and then I was like, ah! Okay. Let's let's roll to confirm that. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. 14 plus 19. 19 against... That is going to... Yeah, that is not going to confirm, but you still do get to roll your damage twice. Okay. Okay. I'm going to do that then. Oh, God. I'm sorry, guys. I, I just got so befuddled. <laughs> I don't have enough die, so let me do it like this. Um, so rolling 10d4 is going plus 2d6. 
two is going to be a 26. I rolled garbage. 26. And what type of damage? Cold. Ooh, that's not great. Oh, uh, no. There's only very little of that actually goes through. Very little of that goes through, and it is now Gloombot 13's turn. Lame. All right, so Gloombot is going to lock eyes with this emotivore and say... It's a, it's a complete lie, but say, I have killed many of your type and you will be the next. <laughs> and we'll try to demoralize him using improved demoralize as a move action. Uh, does that make it a swift action? No, nah, it makes it a move action. Yeah, move action. Instead, okay. of, Instead a of standard, standard. action. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that right. is a 28. 28. Um, that will get it. Just gets it. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so he is, what, shaken? I believe. I believe so, yeah. Alright, and then uh, we'll attack with his ominous, cruel Aurora cannon. Okay. Oh, and that's <laughs> a natural one. That's the opposite of what I wanted on my gun. Oh, no. So uh, that's fun. Need to roll to confirm that. Fumble. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a nineteen. No, sorry, twenty-four. So twenty-four. Okay, so that does not confirm the fumble. You're yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's it for uh, that's it for my turn. Damn. But the enemy's uh, shaking. You did, you, yeah, he's shaking. That's good. We're going back around to the top here, uh, round two with the hover drone. Old Tim is going to continue to fire upon Mordrin. Uh, we're going to do a full attack this time. That looks like we're talking about 21 and a Fail. 23. Both miss. I have 24. Damn. <laughs> All right. Mordrin, you're up. Okay. So Mordrin looks over, sees basically a wall of of his allies in between him and the emotivore, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he kind of closes his eyes for a second and digs deep into his subconscious, into, into a dream that he's had in his past, and is going to cast Defrax Hardiness <laughs> on uh, tra Trailax. Okay. Ooh. What'd that what do? What does that do? <laughs> so, uh, a Defrax is a Vescarian mammal that's got, like, spiky skin. So, it's going to give you spikes. But here, I'll read you the, <clears throat> the thing, if I can find it in my massive spell list. Okay. The target becomes infused with the resilience of a Defrax and sprouts bristling spines. It gains DR equal to my caster level, so you'll have DR9. Uh, I already have DR9, so that's DR18. Yeah. And any creature adjacent to the target that hits it with melee attack takes piercing damage equal to my caster level. Ooh, very. Uh, very I'm not cool. sure that DR stacks like that. It do. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, it do. Absolutely, it do. I'm pretty yeah. sure it does because I talked to Zach like a month ago about this spell in particular stacking. Because, like, I wasn't going to take it if it didn't. Um, says no. No, it, won't, it doesn't it won't stack. stack? Then you lied to me. <laughs> it's fine. But you still, the, the benefit really is, like, if he hits you with a melee attack, he's going to take damage. Right? Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, you, you perform this ability, giving him these, these spikes. So, uh. Trelax just like has these spikes kind of grow out of him, you know, as he gets even more ferocious. Um, it's pretty, pretty fucking dope, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love being able to flavor it that it's from a dream he had of like a, a you know, maybe a Defrax chasing him or something. Right. That's that is my standard action. As a as my move action, I'm gonna stay where I'm at, but I'm gonna use it to boost my weapon. My weapon has the boost property, so the next time that I fire my weapon, I, it'll be two d10 instead of one d10. Nice. I love it. Okay, these new characters are strong. Xeno 6. What you got? 
So Zeno is going to cast um, Baleful Polymorph at okay. second level. Oh my. So what this does is, is that the target shrinks slightly, though it retains its size category, and gains a few cosmetical, I mean cosmetic bestial features of an animal I choose. The target takes a minus one penalty, but because it's upcasted, minus two penalty to AC attack rolls, melee damage rolls, reflex saving throws, and save and I mean and strength and dexterity based ability checks and skill checks. Damn. Lesser remove conditioning and similar spells can end this effect. Okay, uh, so what's the save that I have to make against this? The save is will. Will negates. Will negates. Yeah. And what's the uh, DC here? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. I fail. Ooh. And just as an die. additional part of that, uh, if the t- uh, they must attempt a, an additional saving throw each round until it fails or the spell's duration ends. If the target uh, fails this second saving throw, its appearance becomes more bestial and the penalty increases to minus three. Oh and God. only break enchantment, remove affliction, or remove condition can end this spell's effect. Gross. I'll give you some time. No, no, it's fine. It's gross. <laughs> uh... And the animal I choose is Space Goblin. <laughs> is that an animal? <laughs> it's not. What counts as animal? Hold on, let me see here. Anything that's a beast, but like that does—it doesn't matter really. Okay. <laughs> you made my emotivore suck. Dude, Defrex. <laughs> it'll be Defrex versus Defrex. Defrex? What's a Defrex? I just explained this. It's a Vescarian mammal that is like... It's basically like a giant badger that has a shitload of spikes growing out of its skin. Mm-hmm. Badger porcupine. Yeah. Okay, fuck it. Yeah. Alright, so... <laughs> Alright, the emotivore is feeling a little unhappy. Uh, this feed This feeding did not go how... Well, feed you on your own unhappiness. Right. Um... <laughs> However, he is still going to full attack. He's going to claw at Tenaval and then claw. Actually, he's going to do both attacks at Tenaval. All right, fuck you. Bring it on. Yeah, I mean, you'll see why here in a second. Okay, Tenaval. We got 21 to hit on the first one. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> what? Get that shit uh. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, how about a 27 with that God. second one? Barely. Uh, barely. All right. Well, it does hit. It's going to deal 13 slashing damage. It's so, gonna a- whenever, whenever that attack hits Tenevald, Trelax's eyes flash. And uh, with that same uh, blue, like, shadowy fire. And then uh, Tenevald is, like, briefly covered in that fire for a split second as the attack hits because Trelax uses vital reinforcement. So as a reaction, while I am attuned, um, when an ally other than yourself uh, within 30 feet takes damage, I reduce the damage taken by my Solarian level, which is 9. Oh my god, dude. He's protecting his sister. Yeah, so you only take 4 points of damage there. Now this... uh, this did activate one of the emotivore's special features here called feed. And so an emotivore can feed on a creature affected by the confused, cowering, fascinated, frightened, nauseated, panicked, shaken, or sickened conditions. To do so, the emotivore must make contact with the target, uh, which I did with the hitting of the claw attack. If the emotivore's attempt succeeds, the target must succeed at a will save. So let's get a will save. Okay. Um, uh, that's going to be a 19. Oh, you just got it. Yay! Just <laughs> got it. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, so that was not a really great turn for the Emotivore. Just dealt four points of damage there and did not get to feed upon you. So, Trelax, you are pissed. You saw Trelax just- is absolutely pissed. His eyes flash with, with shadowy energy. He moves to step two on the stellar mode in the photon. Mm-hmm. And Trelax 
like sort of releases some of the slack of that shadowy chain wrapped around his hand and starts spinning his kusarigama as he does flashing strikes, bringing a whipping chain blade uh, for two attacks. Um, okay, full attack on the emotive. Yep, and it's only a Let's negative three. Uh, yeah. on each attack because of flashing strikes. So that's going to be a so plus cool. 11 to hit both. And he's got a minus 2. Very, two to his very cool. Oh my god, dude. Uh, you're, okay, this is the first attack. I rolled a <laughs> 17 on the die okay. for a 28 to hit. Yeah, that hits. That hits. That hits. The second attack, I rolled a natural 20. Fuck yeah. Yeah, son. So let me let me confirm that real quick. Please confirm that. It's an eighteen on the die. Pretty sure that's gonna confirm. (laughs) Alright, so let's hit you with forty six regular damage first. Yeah, forty six plus sixteen. Five, (sighs) two, three, and five. So fifteen plus sixteen. Yeah, that's thirty one points of damage total y- yes all right okay. and then you have your critical hit let's draw that card john all right so extreme is cold it oh, does not no. deal cold damage no. so this is kinetic right kinetic slash yep that's right nose be gone bonus <laughs> effect the target moves one step down the charisma poison track until healed no I don't want to do that. I will use uh, his... He actually has uh, a a critical effect of knockdown. So when that second attack comes slashing down, he's going to whip that chain around his leg and pull it and knock him onto the ground. However, let me deal 8d6 plus 32 damage. (laughs) I'm just going to roll that on roll 20. Okay. I mean, he's dead, but let's just see the damage. (laughs) 59 damage on oh, that second attack. Lord. Wow. You don't, I mean, you, don't, you, you don't be coming for Trelax's baby sister like that. Don't, don't fuck with fans. <laughs> that's, that's right. There it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, so for for effect, wow. Trelax, like I said, he pulls that chain, knocks him down, whips the, like, with, you know, with the momentum, the blade of the Kusargama back in his head, and his hand, and then as the the emotive war falls. Trelax just buries the blade right into the emotive war's skull. Wow! Yeah, done, donezo, dead. Ten of all, you're up. All that's left is Tim the hover drone. Ten just kind of Ten just smiles down at the very much defeated uh, emotive war and says, "My pain is my own, not for you to feed on." And would kind of spin around. And would because it's a little drone. Um, actually, before she moves, mm, 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 mm. so she wouldn't move. Actually, instead, she would reach behind her and touch her brother, and is gonna ex- is gonna spend a resolve point to essentially cast haste. Oh my god. These right. guys are so strong. It's ridiculous. <laughs> are you going to essentially cast this? Is that like a class ability or something? Yeah, so that is um, optimize as a paradigm shift. Ooh. Oh, yeah. a little witch warper action So, yeah, she kind of reaches out towards his head in this sort of shimmering purplish aura, kind of similar to the flame that was in his eyes, sort of flashes around his head, and he can sort of see all of the different possibilities and realities of his future actions so now he uh, has the um, effect of haste nice Nice. that's awesome gloombot 13 Uh, I think I'm going to do a full attack on Tim the tiny bot (laughs) alright so let me get those two attack rolls oh it's a 7 and a 9 for 17 and 19 as miss on both accounts. Boo. That's a poor turn. And it's the hover drone's turn, and the little weird pixelated face is just like a panicked face, like a ooh. Uh, and it's gonna full attack Mordrin because it just doesn't know what else to do. That's all it's been doing. 
so Mordrin, let's see if I can get any of these in. Ooh, 30 on both of them. They both hit. Yeah, so that's going to do 25 total points of non-lethal damage. And it's your turn. Okay, so Mordrin charged up his uh, plasma fork last turn to get extra mm-hmm. damage. So he will uh, full attack. The, the first one will get the extra damage. Right. Okay. So that's a uh, 25 on the first one. That's a hit. Okay. And a 14 on the second, so that'll miss. That's a miss, so you get your 2d10 here. 14. Fire and electric damage. Not bad. Not bad at all. Okay, you see it's kind of fritzing out. My move action is to charge up my plasma fork again in case he makes it around. I doubt it, but... We'll see. Zeno, what you got? Zeno is going to take a step off to the right, strafe right a little bit, just so he's got a full line of sight against uh, Tim here. And he is going to cast Arcing Surge. And it's going to be 10d6 electricity, reflex save. Failed Failed the reflex. All right. I'm going to go ahead and roll that. and. He survives this 10d6. All right. Just depends on how well he rolls, really. I mean, it could be six damage or ten damage. <laughs> ten damage. Sorry. You mean Tim damage? Tim damage. Oh. <laughs> Emily, I love you so much. <laughs> and that is going to be a total of 31 electricity damage. Oh, my gosh. He's still mm. floating. But oh, shit. It's like sparks flying out of the back of its uh, little computer screen there. Uh... Do you do anything else? Oh, no, I guess not. No, no, uh, well, no, no. Oh, wait, no, no, never mind. I already used my move action, so yes. <laughs> that's it. All right, Trelax. Trelax fully attunes on the third round. He rushes up as a move action, and because he is hasted to, to the bot, to Tim, and because he is hasted, he full attacks, swinging his Kusarigama at... Uh, at Tim. All right, so the first attack uh, is I rolled 12 on the die plus 11, so 23. Uh, that's a hit. All right, second attack I rolled a 16 on the die plus 11. Uh, yeah, I'll get it. All right, so let me just give you let me just give you the um, the whole thing, right? All right. The whole uh, 8d6 plus 32 again. Oh my god. 59 more damage. <laughs> Good lord, uh, Zach. Yeah, done. <laughs> well, holy shit. I mean, you just like pop it out of the air, just and it just crumbles to the ground right next to your uncle's head. Oh. And we are out of combat, but my god, y'all. Trelax dismisses his solar moat. And picks up his uncle's severed head. I think I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. Um, and that you guys are able to collect the UPBs that were in the receiving bay and the D3 suit of armor. And on top of that, Zeno collects his drift beacon. Uh, his prototype that he had. You collect your uncle's head and you will just say you're now at the base of the ship, which you can see blood drips all the way down the ramp uh, and some footsteps going to the door. Obviously the emotivore taking the head from the ship. Um, what do you do at the right base of the ship? Because I imagine, you know, you got this stranger here, Zeno, What's, what do you do? Well, first off, did old Unky have a chance to fix the ship situation? Uh, no, but there happens to be another ship parked here uh, that is the Emotivore's ship. Oh, okay. Yeah, he had to get here somehow. Mm-hmm. Trelax is, is seething a little bit. He's n- not... 
um, really prepared to right. like just move on just yet. He's he's right. still kind of pissed or upset, angry, if you will, mm. about his uncle. Yeah, sure. Yeah, your last words to him was just talking back to your uncle. <laughs> uh, all right. So, so I, my my condolences for your uncle. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't know the man well, but he seemed a good sort. But we do need to get off this rock, and it seems that our ship is incapable. But fortunately, by a stroke of luck, this fucking emotivore appears to have his own ship. What am I supposed to do now? My caretaker has departed, and Gloombot is just kind of at a loss for words and just looks around at the group. Live, live your life, my son. I mean, I again, I apologize. It is unfortunate, but... My life... Yes. You are your own man. Sure. And Gloombot turns to walk onto the Emotivore ship. Trailax will follow. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm coming with. I'm not as distraught, you know? Well, what about, I mean, what about Xeno? I think there's... Yeah, I mean, it's like, I... I <laughs> Mr. Six, um... <laughs> Are you call me Zeno? I mean, <laughs> my Z- previous body was uh, five. <laughs> oh, Z- Zeno. All right. Well, would you care to join us, or are you trying to stay on your depressing little lab from here on out? Well, I don't have anything interesting to keep me here. So, where are you going? I don't know. It doesn't matter, does it? Oh, God. <laughs> Look, I'll, obviously, much of our band here is not so merry at the time. I'll, ex- I'll fill you in on everything I can once we get on the ship and get off of this fucking rock. It's not my fault I'm not happy. It's in my fucking name. <laughs> oh, wow. Oof. This is true. And he uh, looks. He looks at Zeno like, see, like read the room, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so I Zeno, got poor sense motive here. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, what are you? What are you thinking here? You know, like so. You, for you, the last thing that happened before you arrived here was you touched the rune drive in Aralus, right. and then you yeah. popped into existence here. Yeah. Uh, and I, maybe like just now, even getting the sense that you're in the shadow plane, you know. Um, yeah. And what 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 are you doing? What's your, what's in your head? Well, I was actually saving this for like on the ship. Okay, that's fine. Um, so I guess what I'm asking is that you are then wanting to get on this ship. Yes. As Treylax starts to go check out um, the Emotivore's ship and see if it's operational, I'm assuming it's operational. Yeah. He it is. he turns back and says, Tenna. Finish your business with this creature and let us be away. And uh, Tenaval would kind of nod and would walk over to where, you know, Zeno and um, Mordrin are, are sort of talking and she would actually kind of reach out to take Zeno's hand. Your presence is requested. On this journey where we're going, we will be I've, returning to um, Shadow Skydark, and I need you to accompany us, please. And she would kind of reference or, or gesture to the ship, to the Emotivore ship. And with that, he just kind of, it kind of dawns on him because things always looked a little strange here. Repeat that one more time. You said what was it? Skydock? Shadow Skydock. Shadow Skydock. Well, I would explain the atmosphere here. Yeah. 
<laughs> and right. well, I mean, we mean... figured that out right when we were on the asteroid that it's not native here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with that, um, it's it's like he's he's running um, like the possibilities in his head, and he's just like, interesting. So. I've been transported to the Shadow Plane? Yes, that is the case. We are in the Shadow Plane. I mean, can't you tell? That's... Uh, and that so should maybe be with impossible. The, maybe, maybe with that, you're like, uh, yeah, maybe I should yeah. listen to what they have to say. <laughs> like, well, let's maybe take this to the, sh- to the bridge. Yeah. So, uh, he's actually uh, kind of excited a little bit about this and these opportunities to be, to be able to research. I mean, he wants to be able to uh, l- like look at the drift beacon and try to understand like how the hell was it? I mean like what happened here to be able to do some to do something that was considered an impossibility. Mm-hmm. So yes. Let let me get my things, and he goes and grabs you know some of it. I mean you know various things, and goes to the ship. All right, so you all uh, get into the ship and kind of get settled. And what I'd like to do is, you know, as I said, you're you're able to use this ship. It's fully functional, although it's depleted of its drone weapon so it doesn't have that but it does have a couple lasers and stuff like that and torpedo launchers uh, but it's it's tight quarters um, but it's there is enough room for all of you to kind of have your own space all right so it's been we'll say it's been a few days now traveling in space heading back towards Shadow Verses and and the Sky Dock, the Shadow Sky Dock. And the five of you are all gathered, um, ready to talk, ready to discuss with each other kind of what the deal is. And so Zeno, I'm sure, has some questions. I imagine Tenna and Mordrin have their own questions. Um, So let's uh, let's go ahead and do that. All right. So... And Zeno approaches the group and says, Okay, so I've boarded your ship. What am I doing? Where are we going? What is your mission? So, Mr. Zeno, um, now that you're here with us, Let's do this properly and start at the beginning. I'll, I'll defer to my Kyle friends here and let them explain who they are and where they come from. Okay, so Trelax like uh, folds his arms and like props up against, I don't know, a fridge or something, and um, sighs and is just says, um, "My name is Trelax Sadar. This is my sister Tenevol." We come from a Kyle enclave on Versys, Kuvakara specifically. Some time ago, the Corporation Eclipse Innovations came to us to offer great power. Our leader, our governess, Vela, rejected the offer from Eclipse Innovations. However, it caused a split, if you will, in in the enclave. My sister and I, we left to seek help from uh, another faction uh, of Kuthites, if you are familiar. However, Tina has become something of a zealot. And he cuts his eyes to Tinnaval. It is not so bad. Wish that you would embrace more of the tenets, brother. But yes, we have sought out the 
worshippers of Zonkuton on Shadow Skydock to assist in defending our enclave on Kuvakara. They are Kuthites, as my brother said. Are you familiar with Zonkuton? Only the bare minimum. Not fairly religious, personally. Worry not, we will learn you soon enough. But once we were among the Kuthites, I started having visions, dreams, and they they led us to searching for this this person, this this being that will help us bring our enclave back into peace and order. And that is where Mordrin comes in. He is our dream prophet. And he is helping us to decipher the reasoning behind these visions. And uh, they sent us to find you, the visions did, the dreams. And she would look kind of at Mordrin, like, yeah? (laughs) Yes, as Tinnaval said, she she is in the unique position of having these sort of dreams and visions and, and has seen a leader of sorts, a herald, if you will, who will save their people. The the gods themselves concern me but little, but their power over our dreams, however, ex- excites me to no end, so I agreed to help them. And through studying her dreams, I reached a, a vision of the asteroid where we found you. And now that we have... I can feel an immense power coming off that little trinket you have there. So, let me understand. A pair of twins, chasing destiny. A seer, and I suppose you must be the hired muscle. Yeah, I suppose. As for your question, I mean, as far as as for what you're referencing is he referencing the Drift Beacon or the Rune Drive? The Drift Beacon. Drift Beacon, okay. As for what you're referencing here this device normally in the material plane facilitates travel between distant systems here, however, it should not work here. It should not have been trans. Uh, should not have even transported myself. But what I see here interests me. Please don't come on to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Why don't you guys roll... Uh, when I say you guys, I'm talking about uh, Zeno, Mordrin, and Tenna roll a kind of a group check where you can roll engineering and mysticism, um, whichever you're best at, but everybody roll an individual roll. Yeah, 20! Nice. Norse Foundry, bring it home tonight. Nice. Uh... I got a 17. So that's going to be a 33 total mysticism. Wow. That'll be a 36 on my mysticism. Okay, great. Perfect. So, um, <laughs> Mordrin, you get this, you can just sense this, this magic coming from this device, this small little prototype. And 
you can certainly tell that it no longer has any kind of spatial travel properties as far as it cannot be used to pinpoint a drift engine, right? Like a drift engine can't lock onto that like it would a normal drift beacon. And you see that it has been filled with shadow energy. And it comes to you that you may be able to somehow use this device in tandem with Tenna's dreams and perhaps be a anchor in the dream plane rather than in drift train. Now you don't know how that would work, but right. you just get this 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 feeling, you know, this sense of divination that comes to you from your studies as a dream prophet that this device seems to have the power to stabilize and and open up gateways between thin planes. Mr. Zeno, as we've said, I am what's called a dream prophet. That is met with scoffs from many people, like uh, our friend D here. <clears throat> and Gloombot nods. But the realm of dreams and the work deciphering dreams, it is by nature an inexact art. It is an instinctual process. A fool's folly. Dreams aren't even real. I don't have them. Thank you for the valuable input. But, as I said, dreams are a very instinctual thing, and all of my instincts and all of my deciphering of Teneval's dreams led us to you on that asteroid. And now that we've found you with your drift beacon, I get the feeling that we could use it to further our delving into Teneval's dreams, because the, the long and short of it is we have to find this Herald to save their people, and with your drift beacon, perhaps we can stabilize this dream realm in which we dive. Could I ask, what were you doing on that lab? Well, to answer your question, Regarding this drift beacon, I cannot say for sure that it will work, as I thought I understood all of its machinations. As you see, I am somewhat of a scholar in the physical sciences of drift technology. As for what I was doing there, It would appear that I was transported to my remote lab. How I got there, I have some idea. You see, my group and I were deep in Aslanti space and I, and then he just kind of like has to realize like we, we were on a mission to retrieve a unique experimental engine. I believe my group succeeded on, in their mission, but how they left their system, I do not know. I need to get back to my group once I'm able to help you. So, you're saying you would be willing to help us and allow us to use that beacon for our dream research? 
I think it's a fair trade. I am on your ship. You did take me off that rock. Without your transportation, I would still be there. Good. This is... This is very good. Thank you, Mr. Zeno. When can we get started? We can get started whenever I have all the time on our little travels. Kind of wish that I'd stayed on that rock. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk of dreams. Made up things. You know, it was calm, quiet there. It was nice. I assure you, D. Dreams are not made-up things. There's more reality to dreams than people realize. Dreams come from somewhere, and that somewhere interests me greatly. Do you think you could find out why I have no dreams? I can try. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I imagine then that you guys would get started on trying to study these dreams right away. Maybe you know the, that that night, right? Um, yeah, you, absolutely. And you don't really have any idea of what you're doing or how to do what you're doing. It's, this has never never been done before, right? So you were literally researching a prototype that shouldn't exist in a plane that it shouldn't be in dealing with dreams that are dreamy, dreamy right? Um, and so you try a couple of things. The first night, you know, you try just putting the beacon next to her head and while she sleeps. And, you know, it kind of hums softly throughout the night, but nothing really seems to change in your experience with the dreams. Again, you just see visions of this Lashinta woman leading the Kyle against the Eclipsed. Um, so then the next night you try something else, you know, um, you have, you know, she tries to rub it a couple times before she goes to sleep then, but you know, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Uh, and so the, as this is happening, you know, Zeno, you're noticing some changes about the makeup of, of your body. Um, mm -hmm. And not just because you're in a new physical form. You know, if you remember, you, you came here in, in a cloud of black nanobots. You know, that's yeah. how you arrived in the shadow plane. And that's what's inhabiting this, this other body. And so you're also noticing some things about yourself. Uh, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, uh, looking at this drift beacon and trial and error with something that seems to have worked on one one scenario, but and this is a completely different uh, way in which it's supposed to work, he gets an idea in his head. And let me try something. And so what he does is he puts his hand close enough to the uh, drift beacon. And then it starts fading into sand. What disintegrate. does? Disintegrate. My hand. The Your arm. hand. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the arm is like so... The hand starts disintegrating, the arm, and then it keeps on going, and he starts turning practically into like just sand, almost just falling, but it's not falling. It's it's actually starting to move its way into the drift beacon, and he. Uh, what he's what he does is he, uh, mechanically he is a nanosite 
Nito Toledo, a nanosite. Yeah. Got a couple levels of nanosite up in there. That's right. That's right. That's uh, that's pretty neat. So what this is basically doing is is that I am using my what's called a cloud array to discorporate my body into a bunch of nanites and uh, go within the drift beacon. And it starts to surge with like purple and black energy. And I mean, in in I mean, you can you can feel like the fabric of the shadow plane start mm-hmm. to pull apart. And Tenna, as you're sleeping, your dreams of of this woman shift from her leading. And it goes black, and some energy comes from the drift beacon through Xeno Six out his other arm into Tenna's body, and you surge. You know, you kind of like arch your back and then slump back down. And in your head, you're you're asleep while this is all happening. I'm sure, Trelix, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? You know. A little but bit. She, yeah. But she, but she doesn't look hurt after that initial like little seizure, and she looks then peaceful at sleep. And in your mind or in your dreams, instead of seeing like a vision of her, you know, in the future, you you're taken back into what looks like maybe her dream, this herald's dream. You find yourself in a large, like, arena, like a coliseum of red sand and shouting and screaming, and it looks like this gladiatorial arena, and you see this herald laying on the ground with a wound, and what do you do? She would kind of walk over and you know taking her in would sort of kneel a little bit and place her hand over the wound and just kind of whisper this pain is merely a conduit for enlightenment this this Lashinta looks at you with confusion and then everything kind of swirls in blackness again and, and comes back you find yourself in the bridge of a, some old, must-be ancient starship. And you again see the Herald looking on as she watches herself fight this soldier uh, in a harrowing combat. And you, see, you, you find yourself standing right next to her. The Herald is right there. She would just, again, she's just full, just elated and... Just kind of looks from the the herald she's standing next to to the herald that's that's fighting in like the past or whatever that they're watching, and she would look back and just say, "His pain taught you, did it not? There are lessons in pain. We grow from pain." And again, darkness swirls around another time. And you see that you're in this lab. It's like kind of has this watery gray effect over it. And you find yourself walking through a teleportation portal. Again, seeing the Herald laying on the ground, beat up after being attacked by a twin soul. Uh, And as the twin soul retreats, you go to... Lushenta and you kneel next to her. What do you say? Um, as she kneels down, she kind of takes in her wounds that she sees, and again, she just can't keep from smiling. And she kind of passes her hand over the Lushenta's brow and then leans down and just kisses her lightly, and she's shaking a little with just excitement and awe. Join us. Pain is our teacher. We need you to help us. Serve the Midnight Lord. Your pain exists everywhere. Your life 
has been one series of painful experiences after another. Yet you throw yourself to pain with determination and conviction. You have only grown from each instance. Do you ever wonder what drives you to do this? You relish in pain. We need you and we can help you find your full potential. You've been given a gift. We need you to lead us. Find us. Become your destiny. And as it fades to black, your connection, you, you know that you were in a nightmare that she was having and being in that shared nightmare, a name comes to you. The name Noriko Zivarajni, the Herald, and you wake up with a start. And we'll see you in a few minutes. Cool. That's interesting. Mm. I don't like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so this time is Zach. Yeah. I think it's been Zach the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> right.